Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards podcast, season two, episode 33, about to kick off here. Sports guy Chris here with my good friend Mikey once again. Mikey, how are you doing on this stormy Tuesday morning here uh, in uh, Southern California, my friend? Loving it, man. Absolutely yeah. loving it. It's fantastic weather. It's a nice change of pace. It is, right? Yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's nice switch up from 95 and, you know, blazing sun all the yeah. time. And, you know, mm-hmm. it actually kind of feels like a fall day. But yes, it does. Kind of matches the uh, the way our two football teams have been playing here recently as well. So, yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. As everyone, I'm sure, is well aware, we we pretty much hit that midway point of the uh, NFL schedule. Everybody's played eight or nine games now, halfway through the 17-game slate. So it's a perfect time to check in on the standings. Yep. Mikey and I will give you our rundown. And I think we have to start in the NFC today where, okay. you know, I think more the, the storylines are between our two teams. But you have the Vikings, you have the Eagles, of course, you know, cruising along. And, uh, you know, the Rams continue to struggle and so on. So, Mikey, yeah. let's jump in right now. I think we start right there at the NFC East, which okay. I think you could argue is the best division in football this year. You've got right, the possibly. Eagles sitting there undefeated. Giants and Cowboys both at 6-2 and two, would be easily in the playoffs right now. And even the Commanders, who, you know, I don't think anybody's really taking seriously, are sitting there at 4-5, and five, which is a half game out of the final playoff spot. So even the Commanders... Are well alive yeah. with you know Taylor Heineke at quarterback and so on. But yeah, uh, Mikey, what are your thoughts on the NFC East? What are your thoughts on the Eagles and these teams right now? I, I mean, are they legit at this point? Um, you know, I'm curious to get your thoughts on what has been surprisingly the best division in football. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that at this point, you know, um, the e- the e- I mean, look, if you're an Eagles fan, hey, you know, more power to you. Um, you know, and, and you're sitting yeah. in 8-0 and you're the only undefeated team. So you got a lot to brag about. You know, I think Jalen Hurts at this point in time, barring some, you know, incredible setback, you know, over the final nine weeks of the season, uh, you know, is probably an MVP candidate. Um, I would agree. You know, if, they, if the Eagles the finish yep. with the best record in the NFL, you know, then yeah. I think it's arguable that he is the MVP based upon their play. I mean, look, you know, Philly's defense is getting it done. Their offense is hitting on all strides. Like, A.J. Uh, Green looks impressive. I mean, you A.J. Know, Brown? A.J. Yeah, Brown, yeah, sorry. sorry, excuse me. No, you're good. Yeah, um, he does, you know, right? A.J. Green's from my guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and so, you know, you know, do you think the Titans don't miss him right now? Like, you know, Oh, absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, they, they look every bit. You know, now, granted, you know, I, I know as a Cardinals fan, you know, we, we were in the same kind of position where we were, you know, our Kyler Murray was in that MVP conversation and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And then over the final, you know, several weeks of the season, you know, I mean, seven, eight weeks of the season, like we absolutely, you know, laid an egg. Yeah, so, you're right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I mean, you know, they've they've gotten really lucky as far as their health. They haven't had a whole lot of significant um, injuries happen to them. No, they so haven't. They, they, yeah, they kind of avoided that injury You're right. Bug. Their backfield's been healthy. They've been yeah. healthy at wide receiver. And the O-line, which has kind of plagued them over the years. And and uh, you're right. They, yeah. They've had health. So I think that, you know, that that's really, you know, helped them. You know, you look at their schedule coming up. And, you know, I mean, they are, you know, they, they could continue to go undefeated. In Week 10, they're playing the Commanders, yep. um, who hasn't scored more than 20 points more than once since Week 3. Yep. Then they play a Colts team that we'll get to in a little bit. It's an absolute <laughs> dumpster fire. Yes, big um, time. And then they don't play a team that potentially, you know, could have... Not 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 NFC ramifications, but certainly could be a little bit more of a tough uh, p- uh, game, and that's against your Packers uh, yeah, in Week Twelve. Yeah. 
Um, but I, I mean, they have a good chance to be ten to zero going into that game. And, I agree. You know, with yeah. the way your Packers are playing, no offense, but yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I would I not mean, expect us to win that game. They at could this be eleven to zero. So yeah, look, I, I think they're legit. I, I don't think that you know, unless you see something otherwise. I, I, I think you have to, you know, at this point kind of favor them uh, and, and unlike the way they're playing. Playoff yeah. football tends yeah. to be a little bit different. Oh, yeah, totally. Whether or not Jalen Hurts can get that done remains to be seen. Again, you know, I'm going off of my experience with my Cardinals. Yeah. And Kyler yep. Murray looked good in the regular yeah, season. Yeah, he did. He looked really and good. And yeah. look what happened in the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. So yep. it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. Once that postseason starts... That's a whole yeah. different ballgame. So, yeah. what are your thoughts, dude? Um, I would agree. I, you know, at this point, you know, I I think Philly is totally legit. And you know, you look at that division, and and honestly, I, you pointed to the schedule, and I just I, at this point, it seems Philly's going to be the top seed in the NFC. I would be surprised if they weren't at this point, based off of the schedule they have ahead. Yeah, they they have to play Dallas two more times, or excuse me, one more time. They have to play the Giants twice. So. There's a possibility they could falter within that division. The Giants have a couple very winnable games coming Mm -hmm. up against the Texans and Lions. So, you know, I think the Giants are going to continue to win. The Cowboys look good. Um, I I think the bigger bigger thing now would be I would be more surprised at this point if the Cowboys or Giants didn't make the playoffs versus, like, Tampa Bay and Green Bay making the playoffs. I know Tampa's in a crap division, but I think those two teams – and again, looking at their schedule, the way they played, I think are going to be in okay. for sure. Uh, but I, you know, I'm with you. Philly has been healthy. They're running the football. They have AJ Brown. To your point, I, 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 they need to be healthy going into the playoffs. You know, if you if you didn't have AJ Brown available, that would limit them, and mm-hmm. and teams would really be able to kind of key in on their run game, which has been phenomenal. But they stay healthy and keep rolling. You know they're going to uh, they're they're going to have the best record in the NFC. What's going to be interesting is when they get to the playoffs because you look at that schedule and they're really not having to play many of the difficult teams. Now they did play Minnesota early in the year and mm-hmm. that was a, an impressive win. So you know they they have played one of the better teams, but um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I you know San Francisco out there, you know Seattle is yeah. is obviously playing better. Um, and, and Tampa's in such a bad division, they may be in the playoffs again. And and those two teams played in the first round last year, and Tampa absolutely smoked them. Uh, you know, different circumstances this year. But at this point, you know, Philly is the real deal. I think Philly, from this point till the rest of the, the end of the season, is going to be right there as one of the top two or three teams in the league overall, you know, regardless mm-hmm. of, of what you think of the schedule they've played and so on. But uh, the formula works. Yeah, they've got a good old line. They're running the ball really good. They've got a great deep threat in A.J. Brown, and uh, the defense is playing good, too. Yeah. So I don't really see many chinks in the armor right now, and with a very favorable schedule, yeah, I, you got to be happy in Philly. And uh, they're gonna, they, they should enter the playoffs as the top seed, if not the number two seed, but they have a win over Minnesota. So unless yeah. they falter within the division and, and, and end up tied with the Giants or the Cowboys or something, I think Philly's going to be your top seed going into the playoffs. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think Cowboys-Giants, they're playing really good football. The Giants, I think, offensively, you know, I don't know how much I trust them going into the playoffs from an offensive yeah, standpoint. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, being realistic, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know I, I mean, look, 
it's a nice rebound for them. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, New York has a lot of good things going for them right now, whether it's the Giants or the Jets or, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, you're right. So, yeah. you know, they got a lot to be excited about there in New York as far as football is concerned. Definitely. So, yeah. So, I mean, look, that's that's some feel-good stuff going on right there. Totally. But then moving on to the NFC North, checking in with that division. I mean, talk about a... A, a there's one really good team and then just mediocrity yeah. from from there down. Yeah. Um and you know my question to you is sure. you have division leading Minnesota Vikings at 7 and 1 and barring yeah. some sort of epic meltdown with Kirk Cousins and company, you know, that's a team that's going to win that division yeah. and quite possibly depending on the health of the Eagles going forward and yeah. whether or not they can maintain health Possibly the number one seed in the NFC. What do you think? Do you think the Vikings are for real, or do you think that they've just had you know the scheduling gods you know smiling down on them, uh, you know and whatnot? Uh, what do you think, Chris? What do you think? Well, at this point, yeah, I think Minnesota is for real. And again, they've stayed healthy. The, the bigger, the biggest thing with Minnesota and why you know they weren't particularly good the last couple of years is because the defense. You know, it just wasn't very good, to be honest. The defense, mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer was a defensive coach when he first got there. Minnesota had a really good defense. They lost some of those guys. You know, you mm-hmm. you can't pay everybody at every position. So they lost some guys. The defense, it, it, his scheme and everything, it kind of grew old. It wasn't working. They were they were getting you know getting beat. Uh, but the defense is a lot better this year. It's much improved. Uh, Darius Smith came over from Green Bay and he's having a great year for them. One of the better pass rushers. So he's helped to kind of change that defense and everything. And they've been healthy on offense. That's been the other thing, you know, normally by this point in the year, Adam Thaleen, the last couple of years have been dealing with hamstring issues and other stuff. That's kind of nagging. Dalvin cook has really not really been able to finish the season. He's always injured three, four five games at least. So they've been healthy. Justin Jefferson looks great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Dalvin cook looks great. Um, and Thaleen's been healthy as well. Now they went and traded for Hawkinson from the Lions, so they have a a decent tight end to kind of fill the void there. They had Kyle Rudolph for a number of years, so yeah, I think Minnesota's looking good. I liked his quote, the the tight end's quote. He was talking about, you know, what a difference it was going from the Lions to like an actual winning football team. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, huge, huge difference. And, And... and that's it. So I think, yeah, Minnesota is is going to be there. That look, that NFC North isn't going to get much better. We know what Detroit is at this point in time. They can't really stop anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Green Bay. I mean, you got to give the assist to Aaron Rodgers and and Matt Lafleur for for pretty horrible execution and play calling in the red zone. Green mm-hmm. Bay moved the ball all game long. There wasn't one drive we didn't go over the 50-yard line. There was. It was when we got the ball with 15 seconds to go in the first half and took a knee and run it out. Every real possession, we went over the 50. Most of the time, we were inside their 30-yard line. And when you score nine points, you're not going to win, obviously. you got to execute in a red zone. So not to take anything away from Detroit, but I think anybody who watched that game or saw the highlights saw Aaron Rodgers played the worst game since his first year as a starter, uh, which is going to be an anomaly hopefully but yeah. you know i mean uh you can't always bank on that going forward detroit really didn't do much to win that game it was more green bay just didn't execute in the red zone so but you look at those teams yeah chicago justin fields is getting better yeah. i know they made the trade for 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 chase claypool but 
I mean, Chicago is Chicago. They're three right. and six at this point. I don't think the Bears are going to go on a big winning streak, and nor do I think the Packers are either. The Green yeah. Bay's got a pretty difficult schedule. So, yeah. and not to mention, uh, you know, with Green Bay just lost Rashawn Gary for the year towards ACL. He's our best pass rusher. That's a huge loss. Yeah. Aaron Jones is digged up. Our be- uh, dinged up. Excuse me. And then our best young receiver that we brought in, Romeo Dobbs, he kind of suffered a fairly severe ankle injury in that last game as well, carted off, and he's going to be out for, I'm not sure how long, but it's going to be a number of games. So uh, it's not looking good for Green Bay. As, right. as Aaron Rodgers kind of alluded to, they're going to have to take on the underdog role. Sometimes teams embrace that, and sure. it works. I mean, it's very much going to be the opposite of what Green Bay's been the last few years, but he's right. I think everybody's going to write them off at this point, including Little Wayne, of course. Yeah, you know, yeah. Big-time yeah. Packer fan. He's written them off yeah. and Aaron oh, Rodgers yeah. completely. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but, yeah, um, I mean, the bigger thing is is how poor the rest of that division is playing. So, yeah, I think Minnesota – as long as they stay healthy, yeah. you know, a, a key injury here or there and, and a couple losses, and it could get, I guess, interesting. But I just don't see any of those teams being able to make a push. I know Minnesota's got a big game against Buffalo this week, so we'll we'll find out a little bit more about them. Um, you know, Buffalo kind of has their own issues that they're dealing with too, but but those are two really good football teams right. that are going to be playing each other. So yeah. um, the last note on that division is really – uh, and I'm surprised I'm not hearing more about it, but you know, if, if this continues for Green Bay, I, I think Matt Lafleur may be looking for a, a new job. And yeah. and people might say, well, I know he's been so successful. Look, when you're you when you're an offensive coach and yeah. your offense is not performing, or you're a defensive coach and your defense isn't performing, that's what leads to guys getting fired yeah. in this league. And uh, Let's be honest. Green Bay's offense looks atrocious, and yes, they're not performing at all. So. Well, and I mean, I you know, I, I don't know what your GM situation is, but I mean, you guys did he would absolutely go nothing to to yeah. address you know the absence of Devontae Adams. Exactly. You, yeah. you know, trade deadline yeah. came and went, and you guys yeah. didn't make any plays for any sort of receivers. No. You know, I yeah. mean, you know, you've got one guy by the name of Odell Beckham that's sitting out there, and I get it. Like he's, you know, he's talking about going to potential contending teams, like the Cowboys, for example. You know, I know the Rams have been mentioned and whatnot, yeah. but you know, at the end of the day, you know, yes, he's got some fuel in the tank, and for a half a season, I mean, here's a guy that potentially, you know, could be a target for yeah. Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, I haven't seen the Packers link to him at all. No. You know, it's just they've done absolutely nothing, and that front office is just. You know, you gave you gave Aaron Rodgers all of this money, you know, yeah. and 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 re-upped with him, and and then you just put absolute crap around him. Yeah, you're right, and Mikey, you know, yeah. and and I get it. These are these are NFL players, but they're very inexperienced NFL players, yeah. and so you know, when you've got one guy that's got loads of experience and experience in winning, and you combine that with guys that don't know how to win. Hell, haven't even played, you know, full seasons of football, let Great alone points. yeah, full games of football, yeah. you know. You're talking about a recipe for, for you know, mediocre success at best. Yeah. And, you know, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing, you know, five losses in a row. I mean, you're just, you know, it, it's not it's not looking good. And, no. you know, I mean, excuse me, you're absolutely right, you know. LaFleur's got to go. I I don't see how you can come out of the season and spin it to your fan yeah. base, to the cheeseheads there. 
Like, I, I don't know how you can spin it. Like, yeah, we're going to bring him back. We're going to run it back. No, like, there's yeah, just no way. No, there's no way. There's I mean, no it, way. The, shout out to my brother. We had a long conversation the other night about it, and we're both in agreement. He's got to go. I mean, you, you got to look at what has actually happened as well in the playoffs and the, the failures the last two years. Ten points in that 49ers game, seven of which came on the opening drive when we went right down the field. The, the year before that, you intercept Tom Brady three times in a row in the second half and didn't get any points off of it. Yeah. That is your a failure on your offense, and it was supposed to be an offensive guru coach not getting it done. And I know I, I wanted Lafleur fired after they lost to the 49ers in the playoffs, and a lot of people told me I was crazy, you can't do that, this, that, and the other. I said, Look, for me, the writing's on the wall. When we play good teams, he doesn't make adjustments, and – we keep losing to inferior teams in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, no disrespect to Tom and the Bucks; they were good, but we were a better team that year. I mean, I, you know, you intercept yeah. Tom Brady three times in a row, you should win that football yes. game, no doubt about it. So, and it wasn't because of the defense; it was because of the offense. Well, in that Niners game in the playoffs last year, what was the final score? Thirteen nine or something. Thirteen like to that? ten. We 13 we scored a touchdown on the opening drive That's and right. could only score three points the rest of the game. Um, and it's continued into this year. And, yeah. you know, we lost Devontae and so on. But, yeah, I, I think they both have to go. When, when, when your head coach is specialty is, is, getting, is just not working and is looking bad, that's a sign of when a team needs to make a change. Um, yeah. Look, I, I just uh, – you, you have to do it. I mean, you know, the, to me now that there's enough of a sample in these four years that, hey, when we play bad teams, yeah, great scheme and everything, and it works. But when you have to play a team that's capable of making adjustments – right. Our head coach just can't do it. Yeah. So um, I would say, yeah, you know, move on from him. Now, all of that being said, you know, it's funny. Green Bay is only a game and a half out of the final playoff spot at the moment. Now, realistically, I don't think Packer fans feel like we're making the playoffs this year, including myself. I think you just have to be realistic about that. Sure. And we see what happens going forward. We have Dallas coming into Green Bay this week. That's going to be a big football game. You know, Dallas has had a lot of problems beating Aaron Rodgers in his career, of course, well documented. This is the return of Mike McCarthy to yeah. Lambeau Field. Um, going to be interesting. I think the Cowboys feel like they have a chance to exercise some Aaron Rodgers demons, yeah. and they should. Their defense looks really good. But right. uh, if Green Bay somehow miraculously would find a way to win that football game, that could give a little spark. And and like Rodgers said, I mean, we're going to be an underdog going forward. Teams sometimes can embrace that role sometimes they don't but at this point going back to your whole original thing this is minnesota's division to to lose essentially at this point and i really don't see them giving it up so yeah yeah um great stuff great stuff dude and and i appreciate the honest assessment of your packers you know yeah. a lot of times you know when you talk about your team you know you, you try and look at the grass is greener and you try yeah. and find the silver lining but, you know, much like my Cardinals, which we'll get to later, sure. you know, and your yeah. Packers, like there's just, you, you know, you see the writing on the wall and the product yeah, on the field you, is just, that's it's, it. it's, it's, it, there's something that's amiss and you got to make a change. That's it. Uh, moving on now to arguably the worst division in football. I would NFC agree. The South, where yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are currently at four and five, followed by the Falcons at four and five, the New Orleans Saints at three and six, who just lost the Monday night football game last night to the Ravens. And the Carolina Panthers at two and seven. Um, can we just like I don't know. I mean, there's no like G League or like you know AAA <laughs> or anything like that. Can we just send this whole division down to like you know minor league football, like flag football? I don't know, Pee Wee. 
I don't yeah, know. I you know throw them in the SEC in college football and let them play go. Alabama and Georgia and there Tennessee. You I, I and, bet you and, half and, these you know, teams couldn't even beat those. Yeah, teams. Yeah, I mean you know I think all you need to know about that division is Carolina has the worst record in the NFC and they are two games out of first place in that division. And it was two weeks ago. Had their kicker made it an extra point. Uh, of course, after DJ Moore got a penalty that moved that extra point back, they yeah. would have won and would have been in first place following that game against Atlanta. Instead, they're in last. Yeah. But again, they're only two games out of first, and they have the worst record in the league. Look, nothing about Tampa looks convincing to me. They were fortunate to beat the Rams this last weekend, in my opinion. They're fortunate to be four and five, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, Atlanta is. I mean, I just I think. Atlanta's just not that good, and they've been a little bit fortunate so far. They're going to stay in the mix because of how bad that division is. Yep. But, you know, the Saints, uh, they looked like a Super Bowl defense against the Raiders two weeks ago in that yep. 24-0 shutout, and they looked horrible yep. last night against the Ravens on both sides of the ball. They don't know what they're doing at quarterback. They've got yep. Andy Dalton. They have Jameis Winston sitting on the bench. You have Taysom Hill, who... You know, your former offensive guru, Sean Payton, was very high on, and I know they use him in a lot of different gadgets and stuff. But when the guy's played quarterback, he hasn't been that bad. So I don't really know what New Orleans is doing uh, down there with their quarterback situation. But um, not knowing nine games into the season is not a good formula to really be successful. Uh, They'll be in the mix because how bad that division is. And they always give Tom Brady problems. So, you know, they'll play Tampa again and probably beat them (laughs) just because of how good their defense has been against Tom. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Atlanta, they run the ball one game and, and they get a win the next game, you know, they're not really able to do anything and they lose. So, very much up and down, but to your point, I whoever wins this division, uh, I would be shocked if they won a playoff game. They're going right. to get a home playoff game, which is interesting, but it's most likely going to come against Dallas or the Giants. Um, I, I mean, I guess how fascinating would it be if Tom Brady is playing at home with a losing record versus a Giants team that like goes eleven and six or something? Um, it, it, how many people are actually going to pick the Giants, you know? Right, but, right. Uh, that being said, I just I, none of these teams are a serious contender at this uh, point. I agree. I, I completely agree. I don't think any more um, words and oxygen needs to be spent on that division. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, look, I, yeah, well you said, know, look, all of those teams, you know, the Falcons and the Saints in particular, the only thing that I will say is that, like, they look like the team, like you just said, like, you know, the Falcons blanked the Raiders, or the Saints blanked the Raiders yeah. know, 24-0. And like looked like pretty good, and you know same thing with the Falcons. The Falcons and the Saints like one week look like actual playoff contenders yeah. and like really good football yeah. teams, and then like the following week they look like you know pee wee league like status. Um, you know Carolina too, same kind of thing. You know you've got all sorts of quarterback issues going on there. I mean look that 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 team is basically thrown in the towel. You know firing, yeah. finally firing rule like. You know, yeah. they, 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 they just, they traded McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they've given up on that. So, you know, it is what it is. But let's get to probably arguably the most interesting division in the NFC. And that is the NFC West. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which is fascinating because you have the Seattle Seahawks currently sitting at first place at six and three, the Niners at four and four, the Rams at three and five, and the Cardinals bringing up the rear at three and six. Um, 
I, I what like there you take your pick from any one of these four teams. You could have the storyline of the season so far. I you're I right. think it goes to the Seahawks just because this was a team that everyone predicted to be you know the last in the division, if not one of the worst in the NFC or of all of the NFL. This team was and being, yeah. Geno Smith is putting up career numbers. He looks amazing. He He's look making amazing. smart yeah. decisions yep. with the football. Um, you know, Pete Carroll has that defense playing incredibly well. Um, you know, they 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 are playing the way that, you know, your Packers hope to play going forward. And that yeah. is they're, every week they're going into this underdog type of a role. You know, they yeah. beat my Cardinals here this last week. Uh, you know, I mean, they look like a team that I don't know how many uh, NFC teams would want to face come the postseason, to yeah. be quite honest. Yeah, um, Mikey, very well said, uh, you know, about this division. And, and I agree with you. I think Seattle is definitely the storyline here. Look, everybody, experts, everybody out there, anybody that covers the NFL, anybody who watches football, felt like Seattle was tanking, you know, yeah. really, honestly. When, when they when they named Geno Smith the starter, everybody was kind of laughing, going, oh, they're, they're tanking, they're playing for Bryce Young from Alabama. They're going to play for the number one pick next year. Pete Carroll, to his credit, never, you know, wavered at all mm-hmm. and, and felt like this team was going to compete this year and so on. Even while all of us were laughing in the preseason, like, ha, that's a good one, Pete. Right, right. Look at your division. There's no way you're going to compete. Lo and behold, here we go. Uh, to your point, Geno Smith is having a career year. They're running the football. Yeah. When Seattle runs the football, they're good. That's yeah. been their bread and butter. Um, you know, another shot at Russell Wilson after this week with Pete saying, you know, hey, our quarterback is is staying to script. He's 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 reading the wristband and staying to script and not going off script and all this other stuff and. Uh, the offensive coordinator, this is his second year there, and it's pretty clear that, that he's doing a great job. And I, this is a perfect example of a football team playing to their strengths and what a well-coached football team looks like. Yeah. Look, Pete Carroll, there's a reason Pete Carroll's been winning for two decades at every level he's been at, okay? He's a good coach. Yeah. I mean, let, let's be honest here. So, um, Would you say he's the NFC version of Bill Belichick? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I think so, especially at this point. Look... Um, it, it, it's kind of similar because when Russ first came in, he was a third round pick and they went and signed Matt Flynn from Green mm-hmm. Bay. Matt Flynn had, you know, it spelled Aaron Rodgers and had a couple incredible games. He had a 400 something yard game against Detroit through six t- touchdown passes, got him a contract. And I remember Seahawks fans wanted to start Flynn, wanted to start Flynn. Pete went with Russ because Russ looked better in the preseason, even though they were paying a different guy. Obviously, it paid dividends. Mm-hmm. So he's never been afraid to go against the grain and yeah. everything. And you go back to the early days, they were running the ball between, <laughs> behind Ross and Marshawn Lynch, depending on the defense. Now, the defense is better, I think, than people thought they would be for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that defense sacked Kyler Murray five times Yeah, that, that defense has yeah. gotten better. You know, They weren't good the last couple of years. They got better this offseason. Uh, of course, when you get some extra picks and, and you unload a lot of salary like they did with Russ, you, you can kind of do that. And I think this team came into the season feeling like they had something to prove. I mean, yeah. all the talk was, it, you know, you're nothing without Russell Wilson. Right. And I think guys got a chip on their yeah. shoulder. Jamal Adams is a really good safety. I think these guys said, hey, you know, we can win. Pete's been in the league a long time. Clearly, right. they're they're playing to their strengths. 
And you combine that with a couple of teams being down. I mean, let's be honest. The Rams look horrible offensively. Yeah. And and your Cardinals kind of do too for Ooh. all the weapons that they yeah. have. I mean, you know, there's there's no reason why they should be as poor offensively as they are. Very it's amazing how our two teams are following the same parallel. Oh, you yeah. know, like uh, I would argue you guys have a lot more weapons. So for me, it's even more mind boggling that you're three and six right now. Um, granted that you've played Seattle twice and they're, they're good. So I guess that's part of the reason, but, uh, you know, San Francisco is trying to get healthy, but obviously after that Christian McCaffrey trade, they're going to be in the mix. Uh, they have enough weapons offensively and obviously Kyle Shanahan is a great coach, but you look at the Rams, there is nothing, I'm sorry. There's just nothing to be excited about right now. And, uh, you know, it's funny right before I, I, I got here, Mikey, you know, heard Colin Cowherd saying about how. McVeigh was making comments about, you know, he was going to retire when certain players on that team retired apparently and stuff. And like, that's a message to the front office. It's like, did you forget that they sold everything to win last year's Super Bowl? That's what happens. Yeah. And and I don't, I don't blame them. Like, I think anybody would do that trade. Yeah. Trade our future to win us a Super Bowl. And it worked out for him last right. year. But there's no Von Miller sitting out there this yeah. year. There's no... A, I mean, there is Odell Beckham, but he's not coming back to the Rams. You know, they right. would have signed him in the offseason. That's not going to happen. So right. there's there there aren't these three or four guys floating around like there were last year that you can just bring in yeah. and, and kind of get over the hump. And they just don't look good offensively. They look really bad offensively. The defense is not nearly as good as people thought they would be. And uh, at this point... I just don't I don't know how the Rams all of a sudden get hot and get and get it together. You know, right. this is the same roster. Well, and Stafford doesn't look He doesn't look good. good. He had that yeah. the elbow problems in the offseason. They're quietly not talking about that. I think that's having more of an impact yeah. than we think right now. And uh I mean th- this is the same team as it was last year minus they that you know Hutchinson retired along the O-line and then Odell and Von Miller but you lost three guys from last year's team, and they look a lot. Well, like, and then you've don't got look like some of the issues with Cam Akers, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yeah, like, he's I mean, done. He's, he's, yeah, he's not. Yeah. He's not in uniform. Like mm-hmm. he's not playing. Whatever it is. I mean, look. You know, I I do. I think that this this division out of any of them has like some of the more interesting storylines because agree, you have the defending yeah. you know Super Bowl champs at three and five, just looking a mess. Um, you know, you've got the Niners, who on paper arguably should be you know in the top spot, especially after the moves that they've made. Yeah. And look, those moves are, are, are geared more towards the back end of the season and going into yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, so totally. those moves yeah. are, yeah. you know, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is like the first player since, you know, God knows when that like ran for a touchdown, caught a touchdown, like threw a touchdown. Like he did all sorts of crazy he things. Single-handedly you gave know? me a fantasy loss. Yeah. That uh, yeah. What a jerk. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, Oh, and let's just not forget that, like, we're doing this all with Jimmy G as our quarterback and not yeah, Trey Lance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go figure. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, look, it, I think this division probably comes down between the Niners and the Seahawks. Seahawks I Excuse agree. me, just yeah. depending on health and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the Niners always seem to, I mean, they have a really, really good defense. If I'm not mistaken, they have like the top defense in the they're NFL. Really, especially think, when they're healthy. Yeah, know, they are really good. And, yeah. and points allowed yeah. and that kind of a thing. You know, the Rams are, and look, I, I, I think the Rams, Sean McVay, I, I don't think his job's in jeopardy, but I think no. his seat's feeling a little bit warmer. I mean, he's coming yeah. off a Super Bowl win, so that, that buys him some time. But, you know, 
I, I would imagine that that seat's feeling just a little bit warm because they're underperforming at the level that they yeah. are. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and going to my Cardinals, you're absolutely right, dude. It, it's infuriating to have Zach Ertz, to have D Hop back, to have, you know, trade for Robbie Anderson, to have AJ Green, and trade for to Hollywood have Rondale Brown Moore. Before the year. Right. Rondale Hollywood Moore, Brown. I mean, like, we have all of these weapons things. galore. There, and then JJ Watt has been healthy on the defensive yeah, side. Yeah, we lost healthy. Chandler Jones to, to the Raiders. But the defense has been largely intact. Yeah, and we Buda just Baker. Have not, yeah. yeah. It, it, there is something amiss. You've got Kyler Murray and 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 Kingsbury getting into it on the sidelines. Now, you know, the last couple games or whatever, Kyler's been able to get out and run a little bit more yeah. and do some of the things that he's able to do. But look, man, like losing Chase Edmonds probably that didn't help us at all because, you know, our running game hasn't looked as good yeah. as it was when yeah, we had Chase right. Edmonds. That's a good point. Um, you know, so I I, I but there is something clearly amiss. And, you know, I, going into this season, you know, in our NFL preview, I was like, look, man, I don't care how we start. It's how we finish. But now I'm like, yeah, but we're not even playing 500 football at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we're three games under 500. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just look at this like Kingsbury's got to go. I know he just got an extension, much like Russ Wilson in, in Denver. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kyler Murray's not going anywhere. No, you just um, signed him and wrapped him up as you should. Kyler's a great player; absolutely. he's an electric player, and, uh, and 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 you know he's a year removed from being an MVP candidate for the vast majority you're of right, the season. Mikey, yeah, yeah um, great. Point. But Kingsbury, much like Lafleur in Green Bay, these are these you know whether it's the NFL, whether it's the NBA, um, you know, not so much baseball. Baseball is very much rooted in tradition, but. You, you know, you've got sure. when Sean McVay and some of these younger coaches like, you know, they were winning football games and it's like, yeah, let's let's go out and get these young yeah. guys, yeah. you know, these offensive gurus, these yeah. Mike McDaniels yeah. type players. And obviously yeah. Mike McDaniels is having success in, in Miami. Yeah. But, you know, the, the Shanahan's, you know, they got these young coaches, uh, the, the the Phillies or the Eagles coach. Same yeah. Kind of thing, yeah. Right? Yeah. But you're seeing that, yes, they're young, they're good looking, they're they're all of these things. But they, for whatever reason, start off having some success and then that success falters. And I don't know if Arizona needs to go to an older, more experienced guy that's been in the trenches, that's, you know, maybe a little bit more grizzled, that's not bringing, you know, this, this commodity, this, this, you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of this this hot shot kind of attitude. I mean, yes, yeah. you want confidence, but I think there's a level of just like arrogance that exists yeah, when it comes yeah, to the floor, I, yeah, when it yeah, comes to sure. somebody like Kingsbury. And it's like, you haven't won squat, man. Like, yeah, even in have, college, Cliff was a 500 coach at Texas right. Tech. So you know, and and then and then on the flip side, and we'll get to it when we get to the AFC side of things. Yeah. But you know, you look at Josh McDaniels. I mean, you know, this was a guy that you know 20 years ago you know, was this kind of like up and coming young coach. And it was like this, all this exciting. And he went to SC and then it was like, boom, and he was gone. And all of this stuff happened. And now just a little preview guys, his job is probably in jeopardy yeah. there in Vegas. Yeah, yeah So, totally. you know, I just, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that if you're Arizona, you absolutely have to rethink the Kingsbury thing. He's got to go. Yeah. Um, if they continue losing at the pace, I don't know if Kingsbury finishes this is this finishes the season. Excuse I me. I could see that, Mikey. Um, yeah, I yeah. could see him as being a coach that that. Go, yeah. When you break down all of those weapons that we have, when you break down Kyler Murray, when you break down all of those things, Chris. Yeah. It is hard to imagine if we continue to lose, how Kingsbury has his job 
at the end of the season. Great point, Mikey. I mean, they didn't trade for Ertz last year to to lose. They didn't trade for Hollywood Brown at the beginning of this year and Robbie Anderson a couple weeks ago to lose. I mean, they traded for these guys trying to give them weapons to stay afloat, to get through the D-hop suspension. D-hop's been back the last two weeks. And he's looked good. And he's looked D-Hop's great. made some amazing yeah, he's, catches. He's he has looked, looked fantastic. fantastic. That but, one-handed touchdown catch. Yeah, yeah that's vintage oh, yeah. D-Hop. No, and, he, he he looks fantastic. Yeah. I, I and I don't I, I put this on Kingsbury. I, I, agree. I don't yeah. I you know, whereas, you know, your Packers can say, well, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have weapons, he, you know, this, that, and whatever. Arizona, for the most part, yeah, is healthy yeah. and they have weapons, and we're sitting at three and yeah. six. And yeah, that's that's on Kingsbury, hundred percent. Got to go. I agree, hundred percent. Um, we're gonna take a quick segment break, breaking down after breaking down the NFC. So when we come back, guys, we're gonna break down the AFC, and um, you know we got some interesting stuff going on over in that division. We'll catch you on the flip, guys. All right, welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast, Season 2, Episode 33, cruising right along here at the midway point of the NFL season. Mikey and I just took you through the NFC, gave you our thoughts there, gave you the breakdown, you know, what to look for going forward in the second half of this season. Now we'll switch it over to the AFC. Um, And, of course, we're going to start in the AFC East right away there, which is arguably the best division in uh, in the AFC this year. So. Uh, you've got the Bills, of course, sitting there. They they just lost to the Jets, though, uh, on yeah. Sunday. And you now the Jets at 6-3, and three, just a half a game behind the Bills. Miami uh, got uh, Tua back. They've won three in a row. So they are now 6-0 and oh with Tua, 0-3 oh without him this year. Yeah. So pretty impressive there. Uh, but they're sitting at 6-3. and three. And then you have New England at 5-4. and four. Everybody in that division over 500. And the Patriots looking pretty good. Their defense just... Ripped apart the Colts this past weekend. Nine sacks, eight tackles yeah. for loss, a pick six. I mean, you can go yeah. on and on about what they were able to do. Um, and in, one of the more interesting things is now with just the Jets and the Dolphins a half game behind the Bills, yeah. they are both 2-1 and one in that division, and the Bills are 0-2 with a Ooh. loss to both of those teams. So you look at tiebreakers and stuff like that, the Bills don't want to be tied with either of these teams. They're yeah. going to lose a tiebreak to them at this point. So that division, fascinating to me, Mikey. Yeah. The best division in football with everybody over 500. Surprising. I don't think anybody thought the Jets or the Patriots would be quite this good. Right. Uh, I, even with the loss, the Bills looked like a pretty good football team. Mikey, what yeah. are your thoughts on that? Very interesting AFC East. Um, I'm a little concerned about Allen's elbow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean, you know, he, I, I, I liked his quote after, you know, the loss to the Jets here, you know, the other day and, and, you know, he talked about how, look, man, you can't, you can't expect to win football games when your quarterback plays like beep, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, it's true. Two picks, wrong. no touchdown yeah. passes. He did have two rushing scores, but not, not yeah. good throwing. It wasn't, you know, yeah. it wasn't an MVP caliber type. No, game. definitely not. Um, no. And, you know, credit the Jets, you know, I mean, they, yeah. they, they've been playing incredibly well, yeah. um, you know, and, and, you know, they're kind of this underdog type team as well and yeah. continues to kind of fly under the radar a little bit. Um, you know, look, I, I, I'm not too worried about the Bills. I mean, you're absolutely right. You know, the Jets and the Dolphins are nipping at their heels in terms of, you know, yeah. the record is concerned. You know, obviously, uh, the division, uh, you know, the, the Bills have the big game coming up against the Vikings. Yeah, um, it'll be a big you one. Know, yeah. And, and we'll, we'll kind of see where both of these teams are at just in yep. terms of 
you know, Super Bowl preview or or, or what have sure, you. Sure, sure. Um, but, I mean, I think the Bills probably are still going to take this division. Um, you know, I think they have the experience over the other teams to kind of propel yeah. them to yeah. success. Um, you know, but, I mean, look, the Patriots, you know, uh, much like Pete Carroll in the NFC, you know, uh, Bill Belichick is doing Bill Belichick's things. They're they're running the football incredibly well, and their defense yeah, is really you're good. Right, so, yeah. you know, I, Stevenson looks great for them. Yeah. The so you know, but I mean, it's it's fascinating. And I mean, again, like I said earlier, you know, if you're a New York fan, you know, uh, of, of the Giants or the Jets, I mean, you got to be happy with where your teams Absolutely, are at. Absolutely. Um, yes. You know, yeah. and and Robert Sala, you know, is is coaching that Jets team, and and you know, they believe in themselves. They're they're going out there every game, and they they're yeah. you know believing that they can win. And, yeah. You know, yeah. when was the last time you were able to say that about the Jets? Yeah. So, you know, regardless of where they finish the season or how their playoffs are going, I mean, you've got a lot to be excited about in New York. Um, totally you know, Miami, right. you know, obviously, like you said, Tua is 6-0 and uh, as a starter. Um, you know, there, there are three losses. I mean, they could be the Eagles right now if Tua hadn't gone through the yeah, concussion stuff. Yeah, the concussion stuff. stuff. You're um, right. You yeah. know, so... Um, you know, Miami's looking pretty solid, but Miami is one of those teams too, where it's like, okay, cool. You, you do this in the regular season, you know, I mean, in years past, they've been same kind of thing. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they do stuff in the regular season and it's great. And then in the playoffs, you know, they're, they're the AFC version of like the chargers, right? Like they, they, they do really well and they, and you know, all these things <laughs> click and then the playoffs hit and it's like, it falls yeah. apart. Yeah. Um, but I mean, look, that's why you ha- went out and got Tyreek Hill and he's playing incredibly well. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah. so, I, I mean, look, Mike McDaniels is doing really good things. He looks every bit the good hire that people kind of expected to be, you know, yeah. going yeah, down you're right. He's looked great. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's supporting his guys. He's, he's yeah. you know, have, has guided them through some adversity. Um, and, and whatnot this season and, and look, they, they look good and yeah, you're absolutely right. That could arguably be the best football, the division in football period, uh, just because of how competitive it is. And, yeah, you know, totally. There's, yep. it's not very top heavy. I mean, there's not a whole lot separating yeah. those teams. No, so no, there's not. Yeah. Yeah. Great points. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I, I agree. I, I still like Buffalo, I think to, to, to squeak out this division, you know, especially, as long as there's no kind of setback for Josh Allen, he doesn't have to miss, you know, too many games. Even if he were to miss a game or possibly two, I think Buffalo would, would be okay. They might mm-hmm. drop those games just because they are so predicated on his ability to make plays. Mm-hmm. They don't run the ball, really, um, aside from Josh Allen being the one running the ball. Right. But they have a great defense. Von Miller's getting after the quarterback this yeah. year. They're going to be good. You know, the Jets, um, it's a great story. I think Robert Salah is your coach of the year right now, okay. just over Pete Carroll. I think those are the two guys right now that are your two coach of the year guys. Um, you know, you talk about a, a team taking on an identity and, and what their head coach is supposed to be. Obviously, D coordinator with the 49ers, he's come over. Their specialty while he was there was their pass rush. The Jets have a phenomenal pass rush. They're looking great. Um, when you run the football and you have a great pass rush and a very good defense, that's still a great formula to win in this league. Obviously, young quarterback Zach Wilson is up and down, mm-hmm. you know, they're, you know, so on. But it, it, he's, they're managing games around him to win. And, uh, you know, yeah, the defense won this game against Buffalo, but Zach Wilson also didn't turn it over. He didn't right. make that critical mistake like he did the week before against New England that allowed the Patriots to beat them. So, 
Um, you know, is, is this sustainable? Is that formula going to work come playoff time for the Jets? I, I don't think so. I, okay. I mean, if you've got to play a, a Kansas City or a Buffalo or even a Tennessee who has the exact same mold with maybe a better running game, yeah, um, it, it might not work. But uh, hey, yeah, the Jets were to come up against the Bengals who can't block to save their life. That would not be a good matchup for yeah. Cincy and, and Joe Burrow. So yeah, yeah. man. Um, Great stuff out of that division so yeah. far. It's going to be fascinating to see how it ends up. Yeah. I still think Miami and Buffalo are both in the playoffs. And then, you know, the Patriots and Jets are wild cards. Yeah. They could both be in. You could have all three of your wild cards somehow come from that division. <sighs> and none of them come from that AFC West, which everybody talked about being historically Good. the greatest division yeah, ever. Um, and yeah. we'll get to that in a minute. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, that's my take on that division. Okay. I'm still with you. I, I still trust Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, so moving on now, uh, we're going to go north uh, to the AFC where the Baltimore Ravens picked up a Monday Night Football win against the Saints. Yeah, they look pretty they are good sitting too. at six and yeah. three. The Bengals are at five and four. The yep. Browns three and five, and Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin um, currently uh, sitting at his potential lone losing season since he's been an NFL yeah. head coach at two and six. Not much to be excited about for Pittsburgh fans. No. Um, no. You know, do you think the Bengals hold, you know, can overtake the Ravens, or do you think the Raven? This is the Ravens' division to lose. I, I think this is the Ravens' division to lose right now, and and mainly because the the Ravens really should be eight and one, if not nine and all themselves. I mean, Woo. they blew double digit leads at home earlier in the season to both Buffalo and Miami mm-hmm. games they really shouldn't have lost. I mean, I think they were up on on Miami something crazy like twenty eight to three or something like that at, at one point in the first half. So, I mean, those are games you, you just, you can't blow. Mm-hmm. Um, they've gotten better now. They're closing out games. So they, they, it seems like they've gotten over that whole, you know, blowing leads in the fourth quarter stuff. Uh, they look pretty good. Lamar Jackson's playing good. Of course, John, John Harbaugh, excuse me, he's been coaching there forever. Uh, won a Super Bowl already with Flacco years ago. So, I, I like the Ravens. I think it's their division to lose, uh, especially their their defense is, seems to be getting a little bit better mm-hmm. each game as well. Uh, and and Cincinnati is there's they're just up and down, Mikey. Yeah. They they looked horrible against the Browns two weeks ago, and then they looked like very much a Super Bowl team this last week. Granted, against a, a depleted and not very good Carolina team, but. They looked really good, and they Wins played win. good. Wins a win, and when you when you're up 35 nothing at halftime in the NFL, you're doing something right. I don't right. care who you're playing. So, but the but the point is, they're alternating good games with bad games. Sure. So, I they're don't like know if you can do this, go into the playoffs at yeah. nine and eight, and think you can make a run again uh, this year like you did last year. So, um, Cincinnati alive for a playoff spot. I still like Baltimore to to you know squeak out this division. Okay. You know, the Browns are an interesting team if they can continue to run the ball and, you know, they're coming off their bye and so on, but they've got to make up a little ground. And then to your point, I mean, it's a down year for the Steelers and it's going to be a down year. They're they're yeah. working through with a rookie quarterback. They're, you know, their offensive line needs to get repaired. Uh, when you lose TJ Watt, the best pass rusher in yeah. the league, right at the beginning of the year, I mean, he makes their defense go. Right. So I don't think you can expect too much here. Um, I, Mike Tomlin's job should be safe. He's yeah. he's he's been there forever, and he's he, earned himself a bad season. Yeah, absolutely. There, it's dude. not even yeah. his making. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So, um, but I, I think that's it with that division. I think yeah. it's gonna be the Ravens and Bengals coming out. 
Um, and it's going to be interesting to see if, if Cincinnati can get in the playoffs. You know, if they can put together a, like a three-game winning streak instead of just win one, lose one, win yeah, one, yeah, lose yeah. one. So I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with the Browns. Um, you know, you got Deshaun Watson coming back in Week 12, Week 13, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they can just know, kind of stay three five, if they can, if they can stay there, who knows? Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Cleveland continues to drop. You yeah, know, and whatnot, and kind of fall out of the wild card race. You know, I, I would imagine that Watson comes in and play just so he gets reps in with the starters, and yeah. you know, it's essentially an extended preseason for him. Sure, um, but I, I mean, I, I don't. I, I think Cleveland's kind of, you know, they went from, you know, this this kind of pariah and this, you know, this, the, you know, not in a good way. Uh, yeah, you know, team with the signing of Deshaun Watson and all that other kind of stuff that that they did. And I think they're getting their comeuppance a little bit. No, you know, nothing against the rest of the team or anything no, like no. that. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I think the Ravens-Bengals, it comes down to those two. I mean, look, the, the Ravens are 2-2 two and two at home, and they're 4-1 and one on the road. So they're winning on the yeah. road. And yeah. that's a recipe for success, obviously. Totally. Um, and they're 2-0 and oh in the division. So if this comes down to – and the Bengals, yeah. by the way, are 0-3. Oh so amazing, right? You know, They've yeah. lost to all three teams exactly. in that division. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, I, I think that uh, that's going to possibly come back and bite them. Yeah, and, you lose know, a tie break. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's move on to you know, uh, you know, uh, not an, another not so good division, the AFC South, where the Tennessee Titans <laughs> right. are sitting at five and three. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry's doing Derrick Henry things. He is. And he they is. Are, he you is. know, they went on a nice little uh, streak there, and it finally got broken. You have the Indianapolis Colts at three and five, uh, who have just gone through some of their own turmoil here in the yeah. last forty-eight hours or so. Jacksonville mm-hmm. Jaguars sitting at three and six, and the Texans sitting at the worst record in the NFL at one and six with Lovey Smith uh, down there in Houston. So, uh, Chris, um, Titans, uh, very similar to you know where they were at kind of last year as the number one team in the AFC, right? And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. they they. They kind of just finding ways to get it done very quietly, very kind of, you know, yeah, under the radar. They, yeah, right, exactly. And, you know, they're 5-3. and three. I mean, they started 0-2, and, and everybody mm-hmm. was sounding the alarm bells and everything, and, and they had r- rattled off five, five wins in a row. Obviously dropped that game to Kansas City without Tannehill, but they were super competitive. Yes. I mean, it's amazing. I, I'll throw this at you, Mikey. They start Malik Willis, who's a rookie, he completed five passes in the entire game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes completed 43 passes, and the Chiefs only won by a field goal in overtime. Yeah. So the differences in the style of these teams, but it again, it's another example of running the football, yeah. not turning the ball over, and playing solid defense is still a formula that can win in this league. Um, to your point, uh, th- right there with the NFC South, this is the the second worst division in football. The two South divisions are just not particularly good. Uh, the Titans probably going to win this division just because the Colts look like a dumpster fire right now. Uh, yeah. The Texans are what we thought they would be, one yep. of the worst teams in the league, let's mm-hmm, be honest. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then, you know, Jacksonville at 3-6, and six, that, that was a big come-from-behind win over the Raiders at home this last week. But I think they're on pace to kind of finish where we thought they would, around 7-10. and 10. If they go yep. 500 the rest of the year, that's exactly where, where they will be. But they're kind of taking a small step forward, but it's clear they're not quite there yet to match, match Tennessee. Uh, Derrick Henry has been running the ball phenomenal, even though it's very clear that he's the only guy, especially the last couple weeks without Tannehill out there. And 
uh, they're still getting it done. So yeah. you got to think Tennessee is going to be in the playoffs. I mean, the rest of this division, it is what it is, but I, I don't think there's much going forward for the Colts, Jags, or Texans in terms of, you know, honestly, realistically competing for playoffs or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's all I really got to say there. I, I will say Tennessee um, probably gets in the playoffs, but again, I don't know how far they were, they're going to go just because of the lack of firepower. But, uh, right. hey, if Derrick Henry's healthy, you never know. That guy gives you a chance any yes. given Sunday to steamroll and literally run over another team and, and run you to victory. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's my take on this. Gotcha. So, you know, I, I don't have much to say about the Titans. You know, I, I think as of this, you know, this recording and everything, you know, the Colts certainly take the, the cake for, you know, headlines this week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they got, they, they got rid of their coach. They, they finally, yeah. you know, they, they sacrificed him and Frank then they Wright, went out yeah. and they decided to hire a, a Jeff guy, Saturday. Jeff Saturday, who was a former center, well-liked player by the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. He's in the yeah. room of honor, all that, all that stuff. He's only ever coached at the high school level. He's yeah. never coached at the NFL level. That yep. coaching staff there on the Colts has former head coaches, guys that have been in the league for a long time. Yeah, they and do. And they decided to pass all of them up and go with Saturday uh, for games on Sundays. And, <laughs> um, you know, they... Oh, uh, I like that, And then when asked, uh, Ursay, the owner, was asked about the Rooney rule, and, you know, he basically... And it's kind of alarming because he basically said, well, the Rooney rule doesn't exactly apply. The rules are kind of different when it comes to interim head coaches. But in their press conference, he was pretty adamant. Ursay was pretty adamant about wanting to keep Saturday around. Um, If I'm a Colts fan right now, I'm probably livid. As much as I might like Saturday as a player... Um, I'm livid because, you know, this was a team that had aspirations of being a contender, of being in the playoffs, yeah, of making yeah. some noise in the AFC. And you've basically turned this into a complete joke. I mean, the yeah. Browns were there. Browns yeah, were yeah, there yeah, yeah, as yeah. being, you know, not necessarily laughing stock, but certainly a team that like people love to hate yeah. and all this other yeah. kind of stuff. And, 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 you know, obviously the Broncos have their issues. The Raiders have their issues, but like the Colts, you know, they, they, they just, they decided to, here, hold my beer, watch this. And, you know, even the press conference yeah. was Saturday and Ursay, you have Saturday basically saying, I don't know, I even got this job. Yeah, and it's right. like, I don't know, you know, Ursay is sitting there talking about, he doesn't know how to make sausage, but he knows how to put together a football team. And it's like, you're the owner, dude. Like you're not the GM. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you had money. You yeah. bought a football team. Doesn't mean you know about yeah. football. Yeah. You know? And so it just... I don't know, man. I I think that this is, I I I, I don't even know where to begin with. Yeah, this. It's, I mean, it's problematic for all. Look, I'm all about like giving guys a chance, but you know, and you see that a lot in the NBA in particular. Jason sure. Kidd comes to mind. You got guys that you know, straight Steve Nash, straight out of playing, go into coaching, and it's not just they they toil in the G League or as an assistant coach or take the Penny Hardaway or Juwan Howard route and go coach yeah. at their alma mater right. or yeah, in sure, college sure. and and build successful programs there. I mean, you know, this guy is going from I'm a side, you know, I'm a color, you know, I'm doing commentary uh, you know, for football games and all of a sudden I'm on the sidelines coaching. I don't know, dude, like what do you think, man? I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's very surprising, you know, Frank Wright getting the axe in the middle of the season here largely because of the moves that the owner wanted to make. So you've got a 
you've got a an, an, an owner that is very, you know, kind of fair weather that, you know, flips on a dime type mm-hmm. of thing. And Ursay's always been that way. This is the, you know, I think everybody knows that Colts fans, obviously more so than anybody, but um, you know, he, he wanted Carson Wentz gone. Frank Wright did great things with Carson Wentz last year. He had 27 touchdowns, seven picks. He wanted Wentz gone because he played absolutely horrible in that season closing game at Jacksonville, where if they won, they would have been in the playoffs. Um, I, from my understanding, I don't know if Reich really wanted to get rid of Wentz, but um, he was told, look, that's it. They, you know, it's him or you type of thing. And of course, yeah, okay, well, we'll get a different quarterback then. Sure. They go with an aging Matt Ryan. The yeah. owner comes out and benches him, not the coach. We're going to go with Ellinger. You know, we're going to see what we have there the rest of the year. I mean, look, it's difficult to do your job when yeah. your owner is the one telling you who to play a quarterback, who's yeah. a lot, who's making all of these decisions, um, and by his own admittance, can't even cook sausage. So I'm not so sure we're, we're we know how to put together a football team. Yeah. Um, you lucked your way into. I mean, you were blessed to get Peyton Manning. And you lucked your way into Andrew Luck. That guy retired because of how horrible this team was run. You had a GM at that time that refused to help the offensive line. Um, yeah, so, and it's the same thing repeating itself. That offensive line was supposed to be good. It's not. Therefore, Jonathan Taylor's not being able to run the ball. He's been a little dinged up. They didn't go and get another pass catcher, which they desperately needed. They had a tight end that retired. They never replaced him. And they're they're not looking good. And Frank Wright gets the blame for it, but... I, I mean, going outside the box completely with Jeff Saturday, I, I, I mean, could it be the worst thing in in this season's NFL? No. I mean, this season's <laughs> NFL doesn't make any sense. Let's be it's, honest. I mean, come on. True. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers look like crap. Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson are winning six games each. So, like, nothing really makes sense right now in the NFL. That being said, I... I I mean, it's. I'm not going to go out on a limb and be like, oh, yeah, they're going to make a run because they brought Saturday in. You, you, weirder things have happened. Sure. I mean, you can go back a, wh- a while ago and, I mean, you know, Dick Vermeule got the Eagles to a Super Bowl, but Dick Vermeule had been retired for decades, and the Rams brought him out of retirement, went with some guy that was packing groceries named Kurt Warner, and those two went to a Super Bowl together and put together the greatest offense we had seen to that point. So yeah. weirder things have happened. Uh, that being said, um, yeah, I don't know if Jeff Saturday's leading this team to the playoffs, Mikey. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't even know how this is something that like you could spin in that locker room as being something to rally around. I mean, yeah. I, I just, you know, you pluck a guy off of the broadcast booth and, you know, you, you throw him in there and, yeah. you know, without any sort of a preseason, without any sort of a game plan. I mean, you know, what's his philosophy? What's his coaching philosophy? Unless, what's yeah, his- unless he can get his old quarterback, Peyton Manning, because F Saturday was Peyton center for, for a long time through yeah. all those glory years. Unless he can get Peyton to come out and be his offensive coordinator. Right, right. I don't see any way you can, like you just yeah. said, yeah. Uh, spin this any kind of positive really yeah. way. It's, it's just, I think it's bad news bears across the board. I and agree, man. I, I just, it's, it's, it's very, you know, just it's shtick. It's just, it's not, it's kind of gimmicky. Yeah, it um, is. You it know, is. and and I just, you know, I I I don't even know. I mean, I, I don't follow football nearly as much as other people do. But like, this guy was not somebody that even like crossed. And all the articles that I read and stuff like that, and preparing for to to record and stuff like that, trying to follow up and just kind of see where things are at. Like, you see guys that get fired, and then like potential candidates and and guys that are sure. up and coming, yeah. like Mike McDaniel's was last year and stuff like that. And it's like. 
this guy never crossed anybody's radar. Like he no, never not came across the, yeah. The, yeah. The, the type on my computer screen. Like I, I don't even – you pluck him out of relative obscurity in terms of like just a coach and it's like and – you've. And you've got eight games into a season. You've got former head coaches on your squad that you can just plug in there. There's a familiarity there with the players already. Like, you just go out there. You pluck a guy. You throw your hat in the ring for, you know, to tank the season and become the Seattle Seahawks and a team that, you know, vies for, you know, that Bryce Young, right? Yeah, yeah, from Alabama, yeah. And you go out there and, you know, maybe he's the second coming of of Manning for you. But this is just – it's terrible, dude. Yeah. Um, get ready. I mean, if Ursay hears this podcast, you may be hired as the defensive coordinator. I may be brought in as the offensive coordinator, Let's do it, Mikey. Man. Hell yeah. Stop uh, the ball. Yeah. That's my, you know, that's bring my us defensive in. strategy. Uh, I, I mean, we might be able to win you one game by the end of the year. You hey, never know. You no, know, right? hey, that's, that's maybe more wins than Saturday gets. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, anyway, so, um, AFC West, a division that everyone predicted and thought was going to be the yeah. creme de la creme, arguably like this bloodbath of a, of a division, you know, teams just yeah. like beating up on each other and, you know, offensive juggernauts and defensive juggernauts and just, oh my goodness gracious, and <laughs> belly flop. Yeah. Kansas City yeah. Chiefs sitting at the top of the division at 6-2. and two. Yep. Los Angeles Chargers still holding strong at 5-3. and three. Yep. Denver Broncos looking very Bronco-y. Uh, more like a pony, actually, um, at three and five. <laughs> they are. And the yeah. Las Vegas Raiders, a team with Super Bowl aspirations, most assuredly at two and six. Yeah. And yes, you brought in Devontae Adams, but I think the biggest caveat here is that you brought in one Mr. Josh McDaniels, who yeah. at this point in time, yeah. the writing's on the wall, folks. This guy is not an NFL head coach. Uh, I don't know. He's he's a great offensive coordinator. He's a yeah, that's that's yeah. his role in the NFL. Sometimes you, after this, you just got to hang it up and be like, you know what, I'm good. I he can have another thirty years in this league, twenty plus years in this league as an as a coordinator, as a coach. Not so much. Yeah, I Mikey, I think that's well said. You know, obviously, I, I the you you let go of Rich Basilica, who had a phenomenal did a great job filling in last year of course we all know the story of last year's Raiders at this point so the owner goes ahead and says okay I I want to make a big splash though in the offseason certainly does that by trading for Devontae goes and gets Josh McDaniel supposed to be the you know the bright offensive guy they're they're not they're not living up to expectation in fact they just suffered what the Packers suffered um exact same thing like uh, what happened to us against the Giants uh, this last week, a 20 to 10 halftime lead in Jacksonville, and they're outscored 17 nothing in the second half and lose 27 to 20. Yeah, Devontae Adams had 10 catches and you know he had over 100 yards and two touchdowns and a half for the first time in his career in one half. Didn't do diddly in the second half like the rest of that team. Um, yeah, I, and and at this point they're so far buried down the standings. It's difficult to see them making any kind of a run. Uh, to get in the playoffs, you know, Denver, obviously well-documented their, their head coach, Russell Wilson struggling and everything. And I think we're kind of starting to see that maybe this team wasn't quite as good offensively weapons wise as everybody thought they were Uh, certainly losing Williams 
uh, the the running back earlier in the year with the torn ACL as he was just coming on was was really a big loss for them. But um, this team was supposed to be stacked with all these stars that was going to you know get Aaron Rodgers or you know uh, away from Green Bay and. And it's just not there. Um, you know, as good as that young talent is, they don't have any Pro Bowls. And I think we're seeing why. Hackett, as a first-year head coach, is hacking it up all over the place, unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, the Chargers are 5-3. and three. I think they're fortunate to be 5-3. and three. Uh, They were outplayed by the Falcons for a majority of that football game on Sunday. They literally ripped the ball away from a Falcons <laughs> player and, and ran it back to, yeah. to win the game. Yeah. Um, so an assist to Atlanta for literally giving that one away. But um, the Chargers are, are staying afloat, to your point. Uh, the Chiefs look great. They're 6-2. and two. They're tied with the Bills at 6-2. and two. They look really good. Patrick McCombs looks like an MVP candidate again. What he did this last week against the Titans was really impressive. Travis Kelsey continues to be the best tight end in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, they add weapons. and You know, they traded for Tony, who didn't do anything for the Giants. That guy went out and makes a play, the very first play from scrimmage. So, um, But it shows you, Andy Reid is a phenomenal head coach. I think we're seeing just how good of a coach yeah. Andy Reid is. Yeah. And if Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, doesn't get hired at the end of this season, then the NFL might as well just throw away all of their hiring rules completely and scrap it all. Because if I'm a prospective team right now, I would hire this guy in a heartbeat, Um, especially with what he's doing to what's supposed to be the greatest division in the history of football. Um, And their offense is just demolishing everybody in that division that they've played so far. So um, Eric Bieniemy better get a job in the offseason. And, uh, you know, no surprises. Chiefs are going to win this division. Yeah. And that's it. Um, unfortunately, this division is the headlines are, are for the wrong reasons. You know, yeah. it's not as good as we thought it would be. Derek Carr is not happy. He may be out, you know, at the end of the year. I, I think there's a handful of teams that would love to trade for him. Yeah. If you're New Orleans, if you're the Jets, uh, I think you would love to have Derek sure. Carr as your quarterback right now, just to name two. Uh, if you're the Carolina Panthers, I'm sure you would welcome him with opening arms at this point. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know, man, that's my take on this gotcha. division. It's okay. the chiefs and kind of everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that, you know, it, it's just fascinating to see that, you know, the rec, the record of the Raiders at two and six is the same record as the Pittsburgh Steelers at two and six. And the Steelers that's a great are a point, Mikey. That, yeah, you know, they're playing a rookie quarterback, just traded their best wide receiver. Right. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, this is a team, the Steelers were a team that everybody knew was going to be not very good, you know, mm-hmm. coming off of Roethlisberger retiring and, you know, what yeah. was going to be the issue with the quarterback situation. And, sure. you know, everyone knew this was going to be a rebuilding season. But for the Raiders, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you had, like I said, at the top, you know, Super Bowl aspirations, and they have the same exact record as the Steelers. And, you know, they went out and they made, you know, the Raiders made splashy moves. You know, yeah, they were yeah. like, all right, you know, you, you know, you guys are going to do that. We're going to go out there and we're going to get Chandler Jones and we're going to get Devontae Adams and we're going to make these splashy, you know, we're going to hire Josh yeah. McDaniels to replace the guy that, you know, yeah, no one knew who the hell he was, but, you know, yeah. look how well he coached. And, you know, I mean, look, the, the, the Raiders last season did the, the thing that the Colts didn't do this year, right? Yeah. So, you know, the, the Raiders went out there and they fired Gruden. Rightfully so. Yeah. And, you know, they went in there and they took the guy from the sidelines, you know, whatever, from the booth, whatever it was that he was doing. Yeah. And they put him on the sidelines. And look, he maintained, he had him playing good. No one knew who the heck he was. I mean, you know, 
Yes, yeah, people know who he was, but but, but yeah, he you know relative yeah. obscurity. Yeah, and totally. coached them incredibly well. And then you have the Colts that are just like, nah, just kidding. We're not going to do that. Yeah. So I, I mean, it, it's it's fascinating to see that. Um, look, you know, it, it the Raiders are. It, it's just it's it's interesting and it's fascinating. And you know, you can't really blame it on injury. You can't really blame it. Much like the Cardinals, this is a situation where it's just incredibly bad coaching. It's incredibly just. It's a. It's become just this very Raider esque, um, yeah. you know, and and um, yeah. So I I don't even know. I I think this is the Chiefs and the Chargers. I I have a hard time believing that the Broncos or the Raiders can go on a run and get yeah, a wild card spot. I agree. Um, you know, I, I, especially when you've got you know teams like the Bengals and the Browns and like you said, I mean the Jets, Dolphins, and Patriots all have better records than you know the Raiders and the Broncos. Yep. And, you know, and, and they weren't supposed to be in the mix in the same way that those teams yeah. were. So, yeah. you know, I, I think it's very possible that the Broncos are on the outside looking in as well as the Raiders. It, it's just, it's it's bad for them. And, you know, it, as a Cardinals fan, it, it it's nice to see just because, you know, I mean, it's nice to <laughs> yeah, see teams right, yeah, that man, I mean, had yeah. aspirations that are not living yeah. up to those expectations. So anyway... Um, that's it for the, the AFC preview or the AFC rundown guys. Uh, when we're going to take another segment break, when we come back, we're going to break down some NBA talk. Oh yeah. Um, there's been some interesting stuff going on yes, there and yes. you know, we've got lots to talk about. We'll see you on the flip guys. Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast Season 2, Episode 33, Cruising Right Along. Mikey and I just took you through the midway point NFL standings, gave you our thoughts on each of the divisions, um, you know, the developments, what we see, you know, what we see going forward for the rest of the season as far as contenders and so on. Now, of course, it's time to switch it up, go over to the NBA where it's early in the season, but not, not... not short on headlines, if you will. Plenty to talk about there. Uh, the Nets, a team that we both thought would probably provide us plenty of banter, has done exactly that so far. Um, and then there's uh, some big surprises continuing to go on so far in the league. But, yeah. uh, Mikey, I know we've definitely had some development since the last time uh, you and I were together to record, my friend. But, yeah. uh Dude, let's start with the Nats and what okay. is going on over there. Is it safe to say these guys are a dumpster fire at this point? Or I mean, we've we've had a coach fired. We have Kyrie yeah. doing some questionable things. Yeah. Uh, dude, what's your take over there in Brooklyn? Yeah, um, you know, I I think that I think for one, the Lakers are breathing a sigh of relief that they didn't actually make the trade for Kyrie. Yeah, Irving, right. So now that's starting to look to really good. Yeah, with all of that situation, yep. um, you know, look, I I think if you are, you know, Kevin Durant, you probably uh, are wishing that you had stuck to your demand. You know, your yeah, trade. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, yes, you got rid of you know Steve Nash. He, he got you know let go. Um, you know, I mean, it was a mutual agreed to part ways, but he got fired. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I, I think that that was, you know, I, I predicted if I'm not mistaken, Steve Nash being the first one. To oh, get Mikey, fired. you called this big time. Um, yeah. You, you know, I, kudos to you, my friend, you definitely called this. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Sir. Yep. So, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, Sean Marks, you know, I mean, it's interesting because some, some people that come through the, the Spurs pipeline, uh, you know, don't have the success that you would think that they had. And, and right. you know, yes, yeah. he made some shrewd moves. He, he, he did some things, 
You know, he went and traded James Harden to a, a, a conference opponent in the 76ers. And, you know, James Harden for Ben Simmons. And while that's worked probably or, you know, better for the 76ers, you know, um, uh, Ben Simmons has been an absolute bust for the Nets. Um, just looking yeah, at the, the stats, so far, yeah. you know, and, and, and you know, he, he didn't start. Uh, he played almost 16 minutes last night or the, yeah, last night against Dallas. And, you know, he only took three shots. He shot one of three, didn't take any three pointers. He only had three rebounds total, two assists, a steal, two turnovers. And he had a, a three fouls for only two points, and he had a plus-minus ranking of negative seven. Uh, you know, this is a guy that I, I get, get it. it. He's, you know, he, he had some back issues, you know, whatever, and, and all this other kind of stuff. For But for a guy that's been heavily touted as much as he has been by the, you know, people that make a hell of a lot more money doing exactly what we do yeah, uh, than, right. than yeah. myself, you know, I, I, this guy very, he reeks of Greg Oden. He, he, he has that stench yeah. about him that, you know, a highly touted prospect, a guy that, you know, have you, as you pointed out, you know, numerous times, you know, couldn't get it done at LSU. They, they, yeah, that that's made, I know, always couldn't go get back to the to tournament. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, turned down high the, on him from the day one. opportunity to even play in the NIT. Yep. Um, you know, and for all of his supposed gifts, you know, at this point in time, I mean, he's not even starting. You have some guy named I don't even know. I don't even know this guy, Edmund Summer, that started. Oh uh, yeah, you know Edmund Summer. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, for the Nets. Um, you know, I, I mean, that's how bad it is. Um, oh, you know, man. and and look, I I just think that if I'm the Nets with the, with all the Kyrie situation, and there's been a lot of talk over the last, you know, several days about whether or not, you know, Kyrie's going to even play in this league anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, yeah. Uh, Nike suspended their yeah. um, their contract with him. Yeah. Uh, they're not releasing his newest uh, shoe. Um, you know, the, the Nets allegedly gave him a list of things, six things, I believe it is, that they want yes. him to do yep. prior to coming back to the right. team because yeah. it's an indefinite suspension. I know that... Yeah. The, the the word out there has been five games, but from what I've heard, it's more or less it's indefinite unless he can check these things off. I've heard that. But as you well. know, given yeah. what his stance was for vaccines and everything else going on with COVID, you know, I mean, he's very much the kind of guy that would dig his heels in just because he has a point to prove. Sure. And you know, that could very easily find him out on the outside looking yeah. in. Yeah. Um, in the league, and you know, if I'm if I'm the Nets. You know, and this and this has been kind of floating around here in the last twenty four hours or so. You know, you're you're looking at you know what you can trade Kevin Durant for, and yeah. at this point, you have a you know a season to save. You know, you 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 followed up one controversy. You know, contra, not controversy, but you followed up one decision with firing Steve Nash, and immediately it was, you know, Udoka possibly taking the reins as head coach. Now the talk is is that Joe Sy, the owner of the Nets, is being heavily uh, bombarded and rightfully so, of people saying, "You know, pump the brakes on Udoka." You yeah. have Sean Marks in a press conference being like, "No, that's not true. We haven't decided on a head coach, yeah. despite you know reporting from sure. reliable right. people. Right. You know, Wojnarowski being one of them." Um, you know, and that the Boston Celtics would gladly let him go. I mean, you look at what Missoula's doing there, and I mean, they haven't missed a beat, really. No, they so, haven't. You're right. You know, yeah. I, I mean, it's not. This is that's a good team, and you know, doesn't take a lot. It's not like the coach made yeah. this team. Um, right, right, 
Right. But yeah, I, I don't think Udoka is the right coach. And what kind of message does that send for a league that does a pretty good job, an okay job, uh, uh, compared to other professional sports leagues of of you know holding people accountable and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. What kind of message does that send yeah. by him to be suspended for the year by the Boston Celtics, only to be We're hired away by another team, yeah, right? And, and just put yeah. him right back on the yeah. sideline? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Mean, I think that, I don't think that's the move this this franchise no, needs to make. No, I mean I, that that has that has you know the making of you know a Deshaun Watson type situation and for yeah. a team that's already fielding a lot of negativity for anti-Semitic comments and, and support sure. for a movie and yeah. book by Kyrie Irving do you really want to take on yet another group of people 50% of the population and women and and yeah, you know right. hire yeah. uh, Udoka yeah. as the head coach great point um, yeah. so I, I think that you know Jock Vaughn he's a former head, uh, NBA head coach I think that you know he could do an admirable job and look I think if you're if you are Sean Marks and you're the the brain trust there in Brooklyn, you are immediately calling the Los Angeles Lakers. You are calling anybody and everybody about what it would take to take Kevin Durant. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. that you know, forget Kyrie Irving. I think that you know, if you are the Nets, you are looking what it would take. You know, I mean, yes, you want, probably want draft picks. You want all these kinds of things. But if you're Kevin Durant, you know, you're you're so far he hasn't really said anything right, you know, to the contrary. Right. However, you know, if you're the Nets, you're looking at how you can blow this thing up. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, yeah. and if you're the Lakers, I, I mean look, I, I would entertain it. I, I whether it's Westbrook, I know Bill Simmons has come out here and we'll get to this in a little bit, sure. or we just jump right into it here momentarily. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, Bill Simmons threw out there and a lot of people are questioning him for this, but he threw out there the Lakers possibly entertaining the idea of trading away Anthony Davis. Okay. He definitely yeah. out of LeBron's not going anywhere. Westbrook no. is playing well off the bench. Yeah. He's getting MVP chance at the free throw line. God, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> but Anthony Davis, he's looked okay, he's, but he hasn't looked particularly great, especially given the fact that like LeBron hyped him up going into the season. Yeah. That he, yeah. he's a man on a mission. He's these things, that, whatever. But he is a talent. When he's on the floor, he is a defensive stopper. He is a guy that can get things done for you. And when you're the Nets. He can change a game. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Yeah. And when you're the Nets and you're a team that's been struggling from a defensive perspective, uh, you know, and whatnot, you, you, you could use somebody like Anthony Davis. Now, you know, there's been some packages out there where the Nets send, a, you know, Kevin Durant and Seth Curry to the Lakers for, you know, for uh, um, AD and, you know, and, a, and also sending draft picks towards the Lakers. So they wouldn't, they could maybe feel a little bit better about trading Westbrook yeah. and, and giving up a draft pick or okay. two for, for right. that. So there's potentially some moving pieces there. But the bottom line is, Chris, yeah. if I'm looking at this and I'm, and I'm Joe Sy and I'm, I'm Sean Marks, whether or not he has a job at the end of the season yeah, or right. yeah. at any point in time in the, for, in the foreseeable future. Yeah. I'm looking at blowing this team up. Uh, you know, Patty Mills is yeah. a veteran. He played eight minutes. Uh, he's a guy that certainly a veteran team could use uh, yeah, coming totally. off the bench. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, his shooting, yeah. his ability to control a game, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sure. You know, Joe Harris, same kind of thing. Like, if I'm the Nets, I'm looking at blowing this up. Yeah, I agree. Getting rid of Durant and, yeah. and getting some capital back, getting some young pieces back um, and, and, and just saying, you know what? I mean, look. You know, you look at your your Eastern Conference standings, and you're currently on the outside looking in. You're at four and seven. Yep. Ironically, you're trailing the 76ers, who are five and six, <laughs> for the play-in tournament. Um, uh, but 
just blow it up, man. Yeah, just, I just blow it up. I think that's the decision to make too. I, just I think blow it so. Up. Your entire off season was essentially a, a dumpster fire with mm-hmm. your your mm-hmm. guys, you know, uh, wanting trades and then after not getting trades, being critical of your head coach and Sean Marks, the GM. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. You just blow it up and and you get what you can get because. Yep. The trade value is just going to get smaller and smaller. Right. Uh, and if the Lakers are serious about trading AD, then you do it now because honestly, it's going to be the same thing. If you get to next season, you're not going to have as much value, in my opinion. Um, you know what I've seen so far out of AD this year is not as good as what was supposed to be advertised, and I'm seeing a guy that uh, isn't playing around the rim as much as I would like to see, trying to protect his back and so on. That's only going to grow. So yeah. if they're serious about doing it. Do it and, right. and make the move. Don't don't sit there and uh, wait out for something. And I agree with you with both teams. Just just do it. If yeah. you're the Nets, just blow it up. Move on. Do what you got to do. And it's it's clear you're not going anywhere with this team. You you made the wrong move in trading for Ben Simmons. You probably made the wrong move going back originally trading for Harden in the first place. Sure. Because you could have flipped all of that stuff and got somebody else who probably would still be there and having an impact on your team right, right now. Right, Versus a guy that's giving you not any impact and getting paid a boatload of money to score two points and play 16 minutes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Blow it up, dude. Yeah. Blow it up. Blow it up blow exactly. It up. Um, you know, so I, I think that, you know, those are – that. Yeah, I, I just you you have to you got to pull the plug on yeah. the season, uh, you know. And and you know, speaking of the Lakers, you know they they after losing five games in a row, they finally won a game, uh, and then they followed that up with a overtime thriller uh, with a Matt Ryan end of regulation three yeah. with one point four seconds left or something like that um, that sent it into overtime, beating the Pelicans. Uh, you know, look, after those first couple games or whatever, you know, Ham, Coach Ham finally made the decision to bring Westbrook off the bench, start that Pat Beverly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Lonnie Walker in the backcourt. And that has looked really good. That's You're right. been a good yeah. decision. Westbrook has played really well. He's averaged, I think, something like 18 points. Um, I, I believe it's about five rebounds and about six, seven assists, something like that. So Great he's numbers. played really, yeah, really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's Spend shot right really well from the field. I think over the last few That's games, awesome. he's actually shot close to like 45% from deep. I nice. Know, you know, wow. Funny enough. Okay. Wow. Um, but I, I think that, Yes, well, that's exciting to see, and it's exciting to see him embracing this role and playing well and getting yeah. MVP chance and all those other kinds <laughs> of things. At the end of the day, to me, this is at the very least an audition for Westbrook to other teams to say, look, yeah, this guy totally. still has something yeah. in the tank. And yeah. if, you got, if you play this guy 30 minutes or less in the game, and whether he starts, depending on where you trade him, and right. whether he starts yes. or comes in off the bench, yeah. he is still potentially a productive player. And yeah. I think that if you're the Lakers... Yes, at this point in time, I know Thanksgiving and, you know, end of this month and going into December is around the time frame because you got to think there's some players that can't be traded until next month or January because they were free agent signings in this offseason. So yeah. you can't trade for yeah. some of these guys until they become eligible to be traded for. Great points, so, Mikey. You know, Great points. You, yeah. You've got a lot of these little nuanced things that you have to pay attention to. So if you're Laker fans, you can't just be like, ah, well, let's go trade for them because there are certain things in place sure. means you can't do sure. it. But at the very least, whether it's AD, whether it's Westbrook, like, you know, whether it's both of them, right. you know, I, the, you have to look at this. My issue is is Rob Palinka and, and yeah. Rambis because, you know, these are two guys that are, you know, I mean, Rob Palinka just got a contract extension 
And while this team has shown flashes of what it could be, I mean, look, last night against the Utah Jazz, who we lost, and the Utah Jazz, we'll get to them. You yeah, know, they're they're currently number one in the Western Conference, folks, at it's nine and three. Amazing, insane. Yeah, they are. Totally. They, yeah, no one expected them to be there. Uh, no, no one. They're kind of like the Seahawks of the NBA. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, and and uh, you know, we gave up forty two points in the first quarter. To the Utah Jazz, a team that has Laurie Markkinen, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley. You know, there's no Donovan Mitchell there to no. score 20 of those. Rudy Gobert, points. I mean, right. they're gone. None That's of those amazing. guys are there. Uh, so 42. the Lakers, who who at the early start of the season was one of the better teams defensively, gave up 42 points in the first quarter. In fact, it wasn't until the fourth quarter. Every quarter, first, second, and third quarter, the Lakers gave 30-plus points up to the Utah Jazz. Wow. Um, And so, you know, LeBron apparently was dealing with some sort of an illness. He hasn't looked good. He's shot, like, horribly from three-point land. He's not looked anything close. Like you pointed out, dude, Anthony Davis is back, which, obviously, that's their back. You don't want to mess around with that. No, of course not. And to his credit... He's going out there and playing. But the guys, you know, whether it's our offense or whatever it is, guys aren't looking for AD. He's not demanding yeah. the ball yeah, as much right. as he possibly yeah. should. Yeah. So I think that that's problematic. You know, Lonnie Walker goes out there and he has one game where he has 20-some-odd points, 28 points I think he had in one of our wins. Looks phenomenal. Looks like a guy that, you know, yeah. could be a third, you know, scorer or, you know, a legitimate threat. Then the following game, he goes out there and plays, you know, four points, you know, maybe one rebound, whatever the case may be. So up and down, yeah. Which, I I mean, he's a young player and, you know, for a team that has aspirations and, you know, he's going from playing with the Spurs and, you know, the last couple seasons, you know, well, last year in particular, not having DeRozan, not having Kawhi Leonard, you know, you you can you can do that a little bit. You can be a little, maybe a little bit more consistent because you don't have AD, you don't have LeBron there. Um, but then sure. you also have Troy Brown Jr. Same kind of thing. Yeah. He goes out there. He has one game where he shoots four for five from deep, plays pretty well. And then the following game, he goes, you know, one for five or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, his defense is lackluster and he turns the ball over and, you know, whatever else. You know, I mean, look, Thomas Bryant's been hurt. He hasn't played at all. Great points. Uh, yeah. Damian Jones, who, like Thomas Bryant, was supposed to compete for the starting center job. They both have. Damian Jones hasn't even played. Wendy Gabriel has been the the five off the bench, okay. subbing in for you know for Anthony Davis, and he's mm-hmm. been undersized. And while he provides great energy and some shooting and some shot blocking, sort of shooting, um, you sure. know he he he's not the guy that we need. Like you know, so it, it's just it's fascinating to see how some of the parts. Wontaskun Anderson was hurt, but he's look I. I like what I've seen from him when he's has played. He, mm-hmm. He's you know gone out there and done little things. Sure, Austin Reeves is kind of having a sophomore slump. He hasn't played particularly well. <clears throat> Matt Ryan one game plays twenty some odd minutes, and the following game gets five minutes. I mean, you know, it's been kind of this up and down. Yeah. Darvin Ham and the coaching staff are clearly trying to find something that works. Kendrick Nunn hadn't played for a couple games. Now all of a sudden, with Pat Beverly being out with an illness. And, and Westbrook going to the bench, none is now in the starting lineup. He didn't play particularly well last night against mm-hmm. the Jazz. Mm-hmm. A guy that going into the season and going into the preseason was a guy that, you know, people yeah, were raving about. about, you know, yeah, about how he's been the best player in yeah. camp. Yep. And now over the last several games, he hasn't, up until recently, has not even been able to find playing time. Yeah. So, you know... Dennis Schroeder, another guy that we signed in the offseason who said he had unfinished business with the Lakers. You know, he hurt his thumb. 
he hasn't been able to play, so he's been on the bench. So, you know, these Lakers are are, are looking every bit of the kind of piecemealed thing once again. Yeah, that's true. I, I yeah. think if you're Rob Palinka, yes, you absolutely, you're kind of waiting it out. And I think that that timeline is strategic because guys that are are not eligible to be traded will be, be eligible, eligible to be traded. Yeah. That's, this makes know, a lot of sense. Post-December. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to try and make some moves... You got to make sure that the guys you can trade for are eligible to be traded. Great point. Um, so, but I, you're the Lakers. You got to you got to pull the plug on something. You're you you currently, yeah, have uh, uh, one of the worst records in the NBA. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, yep. the Detroit Pistons have a better record uh, than the Lakers. Ugh. Only the Houston Rockets have a worse record. They're two and nine. And you look at our schedule, and you know, it's not anything to write home about. I mean, you yeah, know, I, outside of Sacramento. Coming up uh, here this week, we, we've, we're playing games uh, against teams that, you know, we're playing the Clippers. Mm. Uh, it's yeah. it, it's going to be a struggle. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Good you points, know, Mikey. Um, yeah. Yep. And you're getting to a point. Not It's an 82-game season. You, you played an eighth of the season yeah. at 10 games. But you're not out of the woods. But yeah. you're not doing yourself any favors by going out there and having these lackluster efforts. Yeah. Um, I don't want to dig too big of a hole. I, I agree with you. It's still plenty early in the year, but you know, it, yeah. climbing out of a hole all year long is not, yeah. not, not from the behind. way you want to go. Yeah, yeah, you, man. You know, chasing teams the right. entire year, you don't yeah. want to be doing no, that. No, exactly. So, you know, I mean, look, to me, so far from what I've seen, you know, LeBron James looks uninterested. To, to say the least, um, he doesn't look like usually LeBron. One of the things that I've grown to admire mm-hmm. about LeBron is the joy and the passion in which he plays. Yeah, I haven't seen that this year, yeah. and I don't know if he's got lingering issues or what. Sure, but it kind of reminds me again, drawing parallels to the NFL. It reminds me a lot of Tom Brady. Yeah, um, you know, you're looking at this guy that you know all of a sudden Father Time is starting to catch up a little yeah. bit. He doesn't yeah. have the explosion that he once did. And yeah. Look, we're ten games into the season, guys. Yeah, we're we're not a core. You know, we're not yeah. halfway through the season, yeah, and yeah. you know he's got lingering, you know, ankles or knees or or something yeah. like that. I mean, you're talking ten games in. Yeah, early in the season, still. Yeah, yeah very so, early. Yeah. Look, if you're Rob Palinka in the in the front office, you're going to have to help. You're going to have to yeah. give him some I agree. help. You're going to have agree. to bring in some some more offensive firepower. Yeah. And look, if that means entertaining the idea of trading away Anthony Davis, then I think you have to do that. Yeah, I and agree, Mikey, a hundred percent with that. 100%. You know, and Westbrook, I think yep. you know you you have to. Um, I, I I don't think you can rest on your laurels in this one. Um, you know, I just don't think you can. Um, and that's and that's where I'm at as far as the Lakers are concerned. Okay. Okay, um, I think that was a very fair assessment. I'm with you 100. Uh, percent By the way, as well. Yeah. So you know, so, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, if we're looking just, uh, you know, as we're kind of wrapping this up here, yeah. uh, you know, you're, look, your Bucks finally lost. They finally lost, lost the again. They're nine and zero. The Hawks took care of them the other night without yep. Trey Young. Yeah. You know, but they're yep. nine and one. They look phenomenal. Yeah. Without, Chris, look, Middleton. without Chris Middleton. Yeah. I think one of the other surprises outside of the Utah Jazz currently leading the Western Conference is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. Yeah, eight and two, man. They're looking they good. Look looking really good. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell looks phenomenal. Man on a mission. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Knicks and Jazz, I'm going to make you pay. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> he, he, he's looking really good. Again, yeah. as we mentioned a little bit earlier in the Nets talk, Boston Celtics are looking really solid as yeah, well. They Jason are. Tatum they are. is looking yeah. really, really good Tatum. at seven and three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's interesting because you have the 76ers who are five and six. 
Harden's been kind of in and out. J- yeah. Joel Embiid hasn't looked that at good at all. Nah, Maxi's played okay. You're right. I don't know, man. If this team continues to play 500 basketball or worse, yeah. I don't know, man. Doc Rivers might get the axe. He could be the next one, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, good point. Uh, you know, we talked about the Nets. They're sitting yeah. at four and seven. Another team, surprisingly enough, struggled. The Miami Heat, four and seven. Yeah, the, um, the number one seed in the in the East yeah. last year. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're they just have not looked very good. Um, you know the the Pistons are they're playing well. They're playing hard. They're sitting at three and eight. They're playing an entertaining uh, brand of basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and and uh, the Pacers surprisingly enough sitting at five and five currently sitting in the playing that's spot surprising. number seven. Yeah, yeah, that's surprising. Miles Turner put in a really good game here last night. Um, he I did. think he hit like five three pointers, something ridiculous. Um, yeah, you know, good. played every bit. The player. That, you know, uh, Laker fans kind of wanted to see you in L.A. Yeah, good uh, point, right? Yeah. You yep. know, uh, then you flip over to the Western Conference, Chris, and mm-hmm. uh, Phoenix Sun's going to play without Cam Johnson. Um, he's out for possibly about a month or two. Ooh, uh, that's yeah, uh, that's going to have an impact. Oh, yeah. But they're sitting at 7-3. and three. They're off to a good start. Yep. yep. Trailblazers, they had Josh Hart hit a game winner here last night. Uh, they're sitting at 7-3. and three. The Denver Nuggets, slow start. Starting to turn things around at seven and seven three as well. Three. Dallas Mavericks six and three. They're playing well. Then you start getting into some teams that I think you know you had higher hopes for. Yeah, the Memphis Grizzlies sitting at seven and four. Yeah, John Moran's played really really well, but they have not seemed to play with that. Maybe it's because now people are on notice. Yeah, yeah. Now they're stronger, playing the right? Grizzlies, and now they're like, hey, all right, we need to bring our A game tonight. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, yep. but I think. The surprising one, the Clippers, sitting at six and five. Yeah, Kawhi everybody Leonard. was gung ho about this team, possibly yeah. being the best team in the in yeah. the West. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Kawhi Leonard just, you know, he kind of playing that disappearing act once yeah, again. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Clipper Nation, like, I don't know what your deal is. I, you know. Kawhi is he is he actually on board with playing for the Clippers? I don't know what his deal is. You're paying the guy a lot of money to be half uninterested. So you know, get on board and let's try to make a run at it for once. Yeah, I mean, I understand load management. I understand all that kind. Well, I kind of understand it. Um, But you're 11 games into the season. uh, What's going on here? The Clippers are being incredibly vague about what's going on, which is also kind of uh, uh, interesting and or concerning. Um, mm-hmm. Another team that was a darling last year in the regular season and come playoff time, the Minnesota Timberwolves, yeah. having some growing pains. Anthony Edwards is out there making comments. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Rudy Gobert, you know, hasn't you know we everyone kind of knew that it was going to take a while for Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert to kind of learn yeah, how to right. play together. Yeah, yep. but I didn't think necessarily that they'd be sitting at five and six. I agree. Uh, Probably the biggest surprise, more so than anything, has mm-hmm. been the play of the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, yeah. The defending champion Golden State Warriors, who are sitting at 4-7, and seven, currently looking on the outside of the playing tournament. They're behind yeah, the amazing. Oklahoma City Thunder, who are at 4-6. and six. It's amazing. Um, yeah, dude, like, what, what, what do you make of this uh, real quick here? What, what do you make of any of this, man? Well, I, I you know... To me, and maybe I'm making too big a deal out of this, but I still think you're having some lingering effects from, 
you know, Draymond punching one of your up-and-coming guys in the face and not just a tap, like an all-out, I'm going to try to hurt you type of looking punch and then having that leaked out so everybody could look at it right before your season started. Okay. I still think that, you know, yes, the Warriors are a kind of team and franchise that could possibly get over that. But it's it's not how you wanted to see. You know, yeah. you you went you you went ahead. You locked up locked up some younger guys, and uh, you know, I I just think that kind of turmoil, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and everybody knows Draymond is going to be up in in a year or two here, as far as that goes. So mm-hmm. I think they're going through some of that, and I think they're having some lingering effects of that. Maybe a little bit of a hangover from winning a championship, and. You know, maybe there's a mentality there that, yeah, you know, well, we can turn it on when we need to turn it on type of thing. But this is the opposite of how they started last year. They right. started on fire, had a lull in December and January, came on more at the end of the year, and we all know how it ended up. Yeah. But starting the opposite, yeah, that, that's a little concerning for me, yeah. especially with your, your off-the-court drama that this franchise and team we haven't seen before. Right. So while we've talked about and said, yeah, this is a team that could probably handle this, Maybe not. Yeah. I, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But um, they've all of a sudden got some question marks. And when you have some other teams that are playing well beyond what we thought they would be, um, you know, maybe some of that sorts of stuff out. But they're going to have to play some better basketball yeah. pretty soon here Absolutely. because, uh, yeah, they're the West is tough is tough from top to bottom, and we're definitely seeing that this year. One hundred percent, no doubt about it. So yeah, yeah. Um, and there's some up and coming teams coming for them. So. Yeah. You know, they're the same thing. They're not going to catch anybody off guard like right. they did last year coming off of that horrible season the year before. Right. You know, now everybody knows, hey, they're the defending champs. They're going to get everybody's A game. They're not going to get their C game or D minus game or right. whatever. Right. Everybody's right. going right. to right. come at them, and they're having a little problem with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. I mean, look, they're, they're probably, you know, unlike the Nets, they're they're well coached. They, they they have a pretty stable front office. Like they, I think they have enough stability there. That I they're agree. Be okay. I agree. Um, you know, I know Clay Thompson's going to be you know kind of banged up and still kind of yeah. recovering and you know all that kind of stuff. So I think they'll sort things out. I they'll, agree. they'll find their yeah. winning basketball again, and you know they'll they'll you know race up the standings probably pretty easily. But, I agree. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. But it's interesting to see that they've struggled as mightily as they have to start the season. Um, so that's it guys. This has been season two, episode 33. Um, thanks for, uh, listening in, you know, we went through all sorts of fun stuff. Catch us on Patreon, catch us on Instagram at balls and beards podcast. And, uh, Chris, do you have anything in closing? Oh, that's it today, my friend. No, that's it. It was a great episode as always. I, I enjoyed it, my friend. And, uh, yeah, everybody, you know, enjoy those NFL games this weekend. You know, we got a couple big ones, so uh, that's it, my friend. Great time. All right, absolutely great time. Catch you on the flip, guys. This is Balls and Beards Podcast, Season 2, Episode 33.